0: Hello and welcome to episode 165 of Geek Town Radio, I'm your host Dave and I have with me... Geek Town... Matt! How you doing David? Alright, how are you?
2: I'm fine apart from what the doctor told me is a tension headache, (laughs) uh, which has been kind of painful over the last two weeks, aside from that, I've just been trying to get on with things, so...
0: No, yes, they're, they're a pain those things. Yeah. So what have you been doing?
2: Last night or yesterday I started uh, Humans season 3. I've watched the first two episodes. Kind of a good thing with um some of these british shows that are like five to eight episodes because like i've only got um what six left yeah because it's yeah. eight in the yeah, eight in the season it's not like one of these really long seasons of the flash or something where yes. there's like five months left in a season or something uh and of course the season's finished so all of the episodes are, are available to me yeah and i can just like watch one whenever i whenever i feel like it but no with with kind of having like Westworld and detroit and humans and stuff ai stories and like android sort of stuff stories have really sort of come about in the last couple of years um, as of androids themselves because they're being built as we speak and stuff yeah um but yeah it's quite interesting to have different characters opinions on like whether or not these things are conscious or like how much like self-control they have or how much of like your orders they'll follow and that kind of thing and that's Mm a between each android or whatever you want to call them it's a continuously like interesting conversation i mean in westworld alone we had the whole like is it under ford's narrative yeah. or not how much of that is controlled and uh that sort of thing so that's starting to become a lot more interesting and uh it seems like in entertainment we're starting to get a lot more of that kind of thing because i think yeah i think we're getting a human season four we're getting a westworld season three and uh at? Hopefully, uh, we'll get another AI-type game in the future. But no, Humans is is good. In a weird way, if you take the good ending to detroit and made a sequel season three of this is kind of it because it's like the whole free will kind of thing being sort of broken open and like yeah. having the public's opinion be sort of very very different between per person and stuff but it's a good season so far i've only seen two episodes uh the first episode's got an interesting little sort of cliffhanger that happened uh if you remember that far back Right. right um, yeah. yeah one of the androids is basically about to get shot and then you find out if they do or don't in episode two right yes um but no, it, it uh, came about with some interesting stories so far and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, it's um, it's
0: interesting yeah. to sort of compare and comp- contrast these sort of... because th- these three Android things have turned up within weeks of each other. You know, you've had yeah. Westworld, Humans and Detroit become human of, of all the video game, uh, you know, all treading very similar areas. There are similarities definitely between each of them, although mm-hmm. they're not completely identical. It's quite interesting to sort of compare and compare trust each each different one. I love humans obviously anyway, but uh season 3 I thought was particularly good and uh only gets better towards the end as well i cool. i really yeah. enjoyed it I so mean, t-
2: second episode continued that and uh i'm looking forward to seeing the rest yeah um and then i'll be out of ai stories because i finished the other two things that we mentioned <laughs> But no, good season and uh hopefully some other companies and stuff have uh, other ai stories they want to tell because they seem very interesting so
0: yeah i'm sure they um, will
2: and then in the next couple of years we'll have our own stories probably because we'll probably start interacting with
0: uh, yes yes so I, d- I don't know how, how- close we are to that but uh yeah i mean you know with the the ai side of things is still a long way off i think but uh but Mm -hmm. it'll it does feel like it'll happen at some point yeah
2: i saw this interview of sorts with uh will smith a couple of weeks ago and he was talking to one of these android things and asking them different questions uh and that was quite fun so if Mm. you look up on youtube there's probably a whole bunch of uh these things that are coming around yeah speaking of detroit itself uh my game of the year so far uh, i'm actually gonna review it a bit later today right um yeah, completely messed up my first playthrough. I've got every single major character killed.
0: Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. I I, uh, I did exactly the same thing. i The problem is, don't try and be too nice in that game because you don't get rewarded for it. I think that yeah. be the answer
2: you have to be very very careful because like it feels like one of them games where like if you miss a quick time event, your character will die or something. It brings a lot of interesting tension because when you're like in a fight with uh, the security guards and stuff, and you're playing as Connor or something, and you're doing a bunch of quick time events, if you you start to mess them up, Connor will start to lose the fight. But then, if you start to get them right again, he'll like gain the advantage again and stuff. Yeah. And there's certain other things like if guards see you in the streets and stuff, they could just point their gun straight at you and and shoot you. Um, yeah. I think with Marcus's story, it's definitely a lot like that as well, because he's doing the whole mm. street protest and all that kind of stuff, and they're just shooting into the crowds of androids. So, yeah, towards the end of the game, you, you certainly have to be a lot more careful. Yeah. To, to me, Kara and Alice were the were the most interesting characters. I liked the other two, but the whole like protect Alice thing was uh, felt a lot more important, because it's like... <laughs> Should have a young, uh, yeah
0: yeah should should just briefly explain to to anybody that hasn't come across Detroit the uh, video game yet is it the same company as Heavy Rain I can't remember yeah, I think it is um,
2: Quantic Dreams yeah.
0: Quantic Dreams and they're brilliant at creating these stories where you take on a character or in a lot of cases multiple characters. Mm -hmm. and uh, if that character happens to die at some point during the game the story continues without them so you end up just missing that chunk of whatever their future story was and that obviously changes what happens with some of the other characters as well so uh, in this your, your main characters are an android who is a service robot to a single father and the child you've got a droid who is a police officer or rather helping a police officer. Yeah, like
2: a detective. Yeah, yeah,
0: like a detective. And you've got one who is a helper to uh, an old guy, an old painter. Um, Yeah. You follow their various different stories as they start to emerge as sentient creatures and are fighting for their rights so mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first playthrough even though i did mess it up spectacularly pretty much <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was so, like, oh
2: he's dead she's dead i was like oh wait all, all the main characters are dead
0: yeah i think yeah. i lost i lost connor the police officer first <laughs> then i lost the girl and then i lost the um like the guy that was the with the painter mm-hmm. all of it
2: depends on like the choices that you make and stuff so you might have a completely different ending to to someone else and the whole like self-control kind of thing will again depend on like the choices that you make and stuff. Yeah. so it's it's interesting if you were to explain your ending to somebody. It's not really a spoiler because then they might play the game and make completely different choices to you. Um, yeah. But no, it's quite cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's my game of the year so far.
0: Yeah, uh, no, it, um, it was absolutely excellent. Despite the fact I messed it up, it was a superb game and uh, does make me want to go back and play through it again. So
2: and then the comedy I started because I was I've been watching things like *Handmaid's Tale* and *Wentworth* and <laughs> *Right Sons of Anarchy*, which are all kind of hard-hitting shows. Yeah, um, there's a lot of like just death and stuff. Less so. B- I guess in Wentworth if you were to compare those three shows so I thought like hey I want some I want some comedy I need some comedy uh, and then I remembered I hadn't started Silicon Valley uh, and uh, I started that the box it's on now TV it's available until September so I'll watch as much as I I guess I can until then uh, I'm right at the end of the first season I've got three episodes left and it's essentially about this guy who's got this compressor company who can make like data files really really small yes um, to a point where this guy this other company is like wow this is incredible we should get this guy in and talk to him and make him offers and stuff and then you've got tj miller in there i can't remember his name's character but he's quite sort of he, stans, yes. he, he stands out basically is quite funny and sort of uh tells his i won't use the exact word but he tells his uh friend who's in charge of his company to not be a nice person because that will get you further <laughs> in life basically yeah. uh which is a funny philosophy. I guess, but I'm interested because he's not, was he not in the fifth season? Ehrlich's
0: not in the fifth season. Yeah, that character gets written out um, after he leaves the show. There are some changes from season one to season two as well because of the, uh, the actor that played Peter Gregory died during, between season one and two. So um, he ends up being replaced by somebody else called Laurie Bream, who is equally brilliant though as well. They, I mean, she's still in it as a character on the show and she's fabulous. You've got a lot of good stuff coming in season two, three and four and five. Oh.
2: It, it feels a bit of that, like, season one basic start where you're, like, you're finding out who these characters are and where, what they want to do themselves and um, that sort of thing. But I'm wondering how the show is without T.J. Miller because he does just randomly pop up and gives you some actu- comedy and stuff. You so.
0: actually don't miss him in that okay. fifth season. You really don't. I think maybe as you've gone on, his roles may be reduced a li- as slightly as you've gone through the seasons. And... Okay. You don't miss him in the fifth season at all. It works perfectly well without him at that point in the story. I mean, I like TJ Miller and, you know, he's Ehrlich was a funny character. I can honestly say I watched the fifth season and didn't really miss having him there. So okay. I think it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So don't worry too much about that.
2: But no, I'm looking forward to seeing where, uh, where the rest of the show goes and how the, the company gets on.
0: So over on my side, I, I've been out to see some uh, stand-up comedy again. As I, I think I mentioned last week, Mark Steele was uh, performing quite close to where I live, so I went to see him. He's a sort of uh, political. You'll know him from things like "Have I Got News for You" and, and shows like that. He's and he's a columnist and a political comedian as well. Uh, hilariously funny. He was supposed to do. He was supposed to end at ten o'clock. He finished at eleven. <laughs> so so if you get a chance to go and see mark steel he, he's very difficult to get off stage i think so uh yeah well worth well, well worth your money to go and see definitely
2: it sounds like he's not short on material then so oh no yeah. a lot of it
0: was him just chatting about things and you know he goes off on mm. a tangent he's uh yeah just brilliant though very very funny mm-hmm. um TV-wise, a couple of new shows, Shop Objects I watched. It's this new massive HBO drama. If you've seen anything on Sky yep. Atlantic recently, you can't fail to have seen an advert for it. Mm. Um, basically follows a uh, reporter who is sent back to her hometown to report on the disappearance of missing children. It would seem that this mirrors something that happened in her life, when she was very young, uh, yeah. there is a sister or a half sister that that uh, seems to have been killed when she was little. So she's very much your sort of alcoholic kind of reporter. She always <laughs> seems to have a drink, here, a drink in your hand. Yeah, but not massively yeah. comfortable about being back in this little small town. Seems much more ha- much happier being in a big city. So he's struggling a little bit with dealing with seeing sort of all these people that obviously know her from. When she was small, so it, it's quite interesting the way that it's been put together. It's fairly dark, very enjoyable though. I've only seen the first episode so far. The second episode is actually on my SkyBox, waiting me to get for, for me to go and watch it because it premieres yeah, it's there now yeah. yeah it will be there now because it's actually premiering at 2am with the US and then it comes on again 9pm in the evening as well for those of you that haven't got skyboxes to, to record things although I can't imagine there are that many of those around at this point yeah I don't yeah <laughs> Um. so uh, yeah that's well worth going to watch that's in Sky Atlantic yeah I thought that was quite good it, it's interesting
2: how am I like, looking around for comedies and then like the <laughs> yeah, object starts but hey yeah. It, that wasn't in my control so yeah. um you know, it seems one interesting of the and,
0: darkest shows yeah
2: it, it seems interesting and quite mysterious which i uh, quite liked uh if westworld is any indication it's hbo again i did hear with like the emmy nominations and stuff that like if it had been earlier in the year yeah. it would have been in, in contention for that but i imagine it will be next year
0: yes it should be next year yeah
2: uh, and then hbo could have got some more nominations and stuff uh not that they're short on any because they're not they're like neck and neck sort of
0: yeah there were. there, <laughs> was, netflix, there yeah. was second in the list they actually got beaten by netflix for number of nominations mm-hmm. this year just yeah,
2: yeah i think in terms of like competition and stuff it's hbo and netflix are like right at the top yeah. at the moment
0: there but. is a quite a big drop-off after that so <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah Well, it's, it, that's kind of where you get your hulus and your amazons and then mm-hmm. like everything else after that basically yeah so but no it was it was good um i'm looking forward to seeing more and i heard that it was a uh a mini series so like
0: yes it's It's just eight episodes so it by is. the end
2: of it you'll get hopefully all your answers and, and stuff like that yeah. uh so i'm looking forward to seeing more
0: yeah it is it's it's based on a novel so it's it's just gonna be one mini series although they <laughs> have said that about some some things in the past and they've ended up kind of expanding it beyond it because it's done so well, but I get the feeling this will just be a one-off. Over on Netflix... I watched the first episode of Good Girls, which is this uh, kind of comedy drama about three housewives that are struggling financially for various different reasons and decide to rob a local supermarket, basically, which one of the girls works at, and she sort of says, oh, they've they've got at least 30 grand in the safe. There's no security. We could easily go in and steal this money. So they go in... And they decide to do the robbery and discover there is rather a lot more money in the safe than they originally thought there would be. (laughs) So um, it's well worth going to watch. It's uh, Christina Hendricks is one of the stars of it. It's really funny. It's really good, solid comedy drama. It's actually the entire thing is actually on Netflix. I've actually I've only watched the first episode so far, but the whole thing is on there. How much of it is there? I think it's 10 episodes. It might be 13, but it's not like 22 episode season or something.
2: No, (laughs) Netflix don't do that. No. Um, yeah, which is good um, well, it's,
0: it's not actually a Netflix show it's branded as a Netflix original oh, okay. but it's not actually a Netflix show is it it's, like a import it, kind It's thing yeah it's a, a bought in import but mm. uh, it's it's on Netflix if you want to go and watch it how,
2: how long are the episodes
0: 45 minutes okay that's standard um, 45 minutes well, I'm looking
2: for more comedy stuff and this sounds kind of interesting so
0: yeah uh, I I'd really it enjoyed out. it okay. I'd, well worth well worth going to watch the other thing I watched on Netflix was Unsolved which is an anthology true crime series dramatized true crime series uh this first season well so we don't know it's going to get more than one season but this first season is Hmm. on uh the murders of uh tupac and biggie which is something that i remember happening very clearly but you know when i was younger
2: i've never heard of a documentary on the the tupac murder and that's one that's like
0: well as i say this isn't
2: quite well or whatever yeah this, this
0: isn't a documentary as such, okay. it's, it's a uh, true crime drama in the vein of your American crime stories and um, those oh, sort right. of things. Okay. It's, yeah. it's that sort of thing. It's a dramatisation of it. Watch the first episode of it. It's uh, it's quite interesting the way that it's set up because you fo- you're you following somebody who is reopening this cold case because famously the murders were never solved. So you're starting with a uh, officer who's given the task of re-looking at this cold case and uh, reopening it and going back over the evidence so uh, that's the sort of starting point for it you then have flashbacks of uh, Biggie and Tupac and um, what the events were going on at the time the murder itself bits of it are intercut with the real life footage as well which is kind Mm. of interesting and you get to see how closely they match some of the stuff up you know there's a there's a point where um, Biggie is in a club with Sean Puffy Coombs Daddy, whatever he wants okay. to be called these days, right. and um, <laughs> they've recreated that scene. And then there are they cut to um, somebody that was obviously with a camcorder at the event and taping it, mm. and uh, you kind of get to see the same sort of thing from from real life and from the dramatisation, which is really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well put together. I am very much looking forward to watching the rest of it. I've only seen the first episode at the moment. I, I'm very interested to see how they end this because it wasn't solved, that murder, um, yeah. or those murders. So I'm intrigued to see what they actually... Come to the conclusion of the uh, the season, so um,
2: maybe they do some sort of your own in- interpretation yeah. type of ending, where it's a bit like still a bit of a mystery, but I I don't know. I believe it's
0: thing. it's based on it's based on a book this one where I think he lays out what he think actually happened to the the guy that was writing the book so maybe okay. that's where you sort of end up but I I'm interested to see how ambiguous they leave it towards the end of it so mm. um one to watch out for though but the whole season of that is also on Netflix it's uh it's interesting particularly if you'd like those sort of true crime dramas mm. it's uh, I, I never watching.
2: tried them myself I kind of looked at it and was like okay maybe that's not the sort of thing I'm interested in but I never actually tried anyway so I don't know yeah I mean I um, yeah, I have
0: to say, American Crime Story is is one of the best I've seen. that yeah. the one on the, um, the the OJ one. The OJ one uh, I thought was absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. But this this looks really good. There is one on the Menendez murders as well, which I think Sky Living ran over here, which wasn't great. But, I mean, it was okay, but not brilliant. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I think the bar was very much set by American Crime Story. So, yeah, Unsolved, that's called. But go and check that out if you like those sort of things. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Now we'll move on to some TV and film news. (laughs) So we pick up the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. First one, which... Came out of the blue, and he's actually, uh, by the time you hear this, will have actually already gone out, but you can get it on catch-up. Uh, Who is America, which is this new comedy series from Sasha Baron Cohen, where he's back to his old role of... Conning people into saying ridiculously stupid things on TV, <laughs> um, which uh, looks brilliant. Uh, there's always already been an argument with him and Sarah Palin, the uh, uh, American Congresswoman who ran for president. There's always been a already been a confrontation on Twitter with her because she's claiming that he tricked her into it and uh, he came back with a hilariously funny response they've got dick cheney on there there's various other people on there it looks like it's going to be sort of brilliantly funny to watch so uh, that's on channel four on the from the 16th of july at 10 p.m it's going out the day after it goes out in the u.s one to look out for as i say by the time you hear this it will have already gone out so if you weren't aware that's where it was go and get the first episode on catch up and then you can kind of series link the rest of it Downton Abbey we got the news that that's returning in a, as a movie don't know yeah. when yet but it's going to have all the original cast back well those that's that good. are survived to the end of the series one assumes but um, those lot are all going to be back and they're going to be in a movie we don't know any more about it than that other than it is happening and uh, they have finally greenlit it. it's been talked about for years that but that it's yeah, finally me- yeah i
2: remember greenlit. as the final season was like happening or whatever they said okay we might do a, a film in the future so it's good mm. to see i imagine fans are happy or well, at least some of them i, I would guess um so yeah it's good that it's it's happening
0: yes and uh queer eye The um, Netflix makeover series has been renewed for a third season as well, which I haven't watched any of yet, but everybody tells me it's great. So, (laughs) well, worth watching. Moving on to the bigger news, this really made me smile at the end of the week. Joss Whedon is returning (laughs) to TV with a new sci-fi drama called The Nevers, and not only is returning to TV, it's on HBO, which is the best place you could possibly have it. HBO is one of those things. It's a bit like Netflix. It's quite rare when something fails on those, on those uh, streaming oh, yeah. Yeah, or those yeah. premium cableers. So uh, I'm incredibly happy that that's where this has ended up and it gives him less network interference which has always been Joss's problems with his previous shows his networks Mm. (laughs) complaining that he's spending too much money or they don't think it'll work and they want it in a different order as the case with Firefly and all that sort of stuff so you're likely to get much less network interference they I think will probably leave him alone and let him get on with it and let him let whatever the show is live or die by whatever he decides to put on screen so the show is called The Nevers it's a sci-fi drama um written directed and produced by whedon he's also going to serve as showrunner it's described as an epic sci-fi drama which follows a gang of victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities relentless enemies and a mission that might change the world so doesn't really give a huge amount away other than it seems to be it's going to be set in Victorian times, which is intriguing. Weedon said, I couldn't be more excited. The Nevers is maybe the most ambitious narrative I've created and I can't imagine a better home than HBO. And not only are they masters of the cinematic long form, but their instant understanding of my odd intimate epic was emotional as it was incisive. It's been too long since I created an entirely new fictional world and the HBO team offer not just scope and experience, not just prestige, but a passionate collaboration. I could go on, but I'm impatient. Patiently grateful to say I have work to do. So, yes, I'm very, very happy to see Josh back. I mean, I don't think there's been a Josh Whedon TV show that I haven't liked yet. So Mm. I think that bodes well.
2: So he's done Firefly, Buffy...
0: Angel, Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Uh, he was exec producer on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., although I, that's oh, yeah. only kind of partly his show because it's mainly his brother Jed that he's the showrunner and manager of that show. He is technically an exec producer, though, on it. I think he may have directed the pilot.
2: I can't remember. I'm not, I'm not sure.
0: But um, no. yeah, so he has some tangential involvement with that. But uh, Buffy, Angel, Dollhouse and Firefly are the shows which he definitely created. He got his start writing on Roseanne. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so that's where he first wrote TV. That was that was his first TV writing gig. Hmm. So uh, yeah.
2: But yeah, I look at this and think like Joss Whedon, yes, HBO, yes. I heard that these women have like some type of powers or yes, abilities. Yes, unusual that abilities. That sounds good. HBO like to actually spend the money that they get so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I look at this and think like, okay, this is another one of the big like Emmy possibility shows Quite where you possibly, have like yeah. your Handmaid's Tale, your Westworld, your Game of Thrones, uh, Stranger Things, those, those sorts of things that get nominated for Emmys. Yeah. Because um, when you think of Emmys and stuff you kind of look at Netflix and hbo like there's some other shows like this is us and stuff and handmaid's tales on hulu and um where's uh this is us Uh, nbc nbc NBC. Um.
0: i I think nbc were in third place on that list of number of emmys and i think a lot of Mm -hmm. that was was due to the fact that they have this is us on there
2: yeah they got uh they got the game of thrones westworld they got a watchman series that's hopefully coming out soon yeah uh they got this new uh the nevers thing which sounds good so uh, yeah they're in they're in a good place still yeah very much looking forward to this as well so. yeah very much so uh and he's not he's not doing um that girl anymore is he
0: no no he decided uh, so he couldn't just... get a handle on the script so he's decided he's not doing it
2: well if all his focus is on this then it should be as good as what we hope so
0: yeah absolutely on, yeah moving on we have director of uh, district nine neil blue is going to be taking on robocop so uh i i think this is a really good matchup It's he's making a movie called robocop returns it seems like it's sort of a sequel to the original films you know how when they did superman returns superman returns was basically a carry-on from the original first two superman movies mm-hmm. and sort of ignored everything that came after it <laughs> it sounds like that they're doing a similar thing with robocop robocop will be a continuation of the original film rather than and sort of ignore all the other like tv shows and movies and stuff that kind of came after it that seems to be the the idea it's uh, coming from neil Bluecamp who you'll know as the director of district nine and did Chappie and illyrium as well or at least Lysium. I'm never entirely sure which way how you supposed to pronounce oh, that. Okay, yeah. um, he's a wonderful director. I and that sort of dystopian future stuff he does very very well. So I think this is a really solid match up. I mean, it's not the first time, obviously, as I said, RoboCops be back to screen. They actually did one fairly recently, which had John yeah. Kinnaman in the lead yeah. role, which was actually a fine did, movie. Did you, yeah, did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Oh, um, yeah. I but, never but, saw it. it. Yeah, it's actually a perfectly fine movie. I just, I don't think it, it really added much to the uh, whole idea of Robocop, unfortunately. But I mean, it it was perfectly okay. Didn't do particularly well domestically in the US, but more than doubled its money. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see them going in this kind of different direction with this. And uh, lastly, we have Jason Momoa has got himself a new TV show. He's teaming up with the uh, creator of Peaky Blinders, Stephen Knight, on a new sci-fi drama for Apple called Sea. Jason Momoa, obviously being the uh, guy that's currently portraying Aquaman and was... Carl Drogo on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Knight being the person that created Peaky Blinders. See is described as an epic world-building drama set in a future where humans have lost their sense of sight. This drives people to discover new ways to interact with each other in the world around them. This new way of life is challenged when a set of twins are born with the ability to see. Momoa is set to take on the role of Baba Voss, who is a fearless warrior, leader, and guardian. Presumably guardian to the two sighted Children, you would would assume. Makes sense. Yeah. um, So, yeah, interesting to see him going back to a TV show. Interesting that it's coming to Apple as well. I mean, Apple have picked up a number of tv shows they've got a uh, remake of steven spielberg's amazing stories coming a a new sci-fi uh, space sci-fi drama from battlestar galactica's ronald d moore uh, little america from the creators of the big sick kamal nijani and emily v gordon uh, there's a, a comedy from kirsten wigg there is a new psychological thriller from m night Shyamalan. so they're picking up a lot of T V shows and they're putting things into production. At the moment they don't really have a platform for displaying any of the said stuff other than iTunes, I guess.
2: Like things like Netflix and YouTube are on a lot of devices and stuff, and Apple, the Apple store isn't really on that many different things. No. So uh, I mean you've got the Apple TV in the box and you've got iTunes on like your computer, but the accessibility isn't quite that good right now. No,
0: I mean I I hope that they're gonna come up with a separate app for doing this
2: yeah that makes make um, sense and then and, you can and a separate, get on consoles and, and tvs and stuff like that
0: yeah it will be good if they come up for a separate service i think apple being apple they may not do that but i think that's a mistake because i don't want to have to buy an apple box you know tv box just to get this content that's kind <laughs> yeah. of annoying
2: yeah we already um, pay for enough like different services and the the, the, yeah. the dc and disney things aren't even here yet so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we've got we've got those two coming up as well. So I don't want to have like ten different boxes just so I can access <laughs> one service. That's going yeah. to be really irritating. We don't know how this is going to come out. I mean, yeah, they could just dump it all onto iTunes, but and and put a different subscription model in there. But I hate the iTunes interface; it's appalling. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with it. But um, yeah, always happy to see Jason Momoa back on TV. He's great in most things, and. Uh, particularly with something that comes from Stephen Knight, because Stephen Knight's fabulous. He, I mean, not only Peaky Blinders, but also Rake Taboo as well.
2: I think he's got the ability to be a better Aquaman than what Justice League showed, because I think him as an actor yeah. is good enough to do that. I just think they need to write him some interesting things to actually do, because in Justice League, I mean, the, the newer characters that they had, or the ones that they hadn't properly introduced yet, they were a bit one-note, so a bit like Cyborg, and yeah, um, yeah. Ma- mainly Cyborg and Aquaman were a bit more one-note, but it felt like that was down to the writing and of the, the actors. So, um, yes, I think it was. Yeah. If he's like leading role in this and stuff, then I assume that they're going to write some good stuff for him.
0: Yes. Hopefully they will. So, that's all the news for this week. Next, we have the interview.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. The interview this week is with
0: costume designer Karen Wagner. Karen is known for designing the costumes for a number of huge movies such as The Green Mile, The Notebook. Uh, She's also worked on TV series The Red Road, the wonderful comic book adaptation of Preacher and the miniseries Waco. We do talk quite extensively about Waco in this interview. Unfortunately, it's never actually aired over here. The show stars Michael Shannon and Taylor Kitsch and tells the true story of the um, 1993 Waco, Texas siege, the infamous event in which the ATF conducted a raid on a small religious community led by David Koresh, played by Taylor Kitsch, called the Branch Davidians. A 51-day standoff ensued and ended with an FBI assault, which led to a fire that killed 76 people People and only left one survivor whose personal experience he shared in a book, which is what part of the miniseries is based on. I've looked everywhere to see whether you can actually watch this somewhere in the UK and it's not popped up anywhere yet but uh, if it does we'll let you know it's a really interesting sounding drama and although it's not available in the UK yet just talking to her about it and the way it was created and the detail they went into I think is really quite interesting we also talk a little bit about uh, Preacher as well because we love that show so you know uh, we've got to talk a bit about Preacher That was great. So we get to hear a bit about that as well. So here's the interview with Karen. Hope you enjoy this. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. Hi, Karen. Hi, David. How are you? I'm all right. How are you?
3: Just fine.
0: Good. It's lovely to have you on, and it's lovely to talk to you. You You do do one of my favorite shows, which is Preacher. Uh, One
3: of mine, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was great
0: fun. Which is an amazing show. I was looking back through. You've done some huge films as well. You've got Green Mile in there, The Notebook, The Majestic, Friday Night Lights, Red Road, Underground. Un- underground. I, the, the slight problem with this is uh, that uh, Waco, which is obviously the big thing that you're odd to talk about, hasn't dared over here. So... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, okay. okay. So, so yeah. I
0: haven't no, I haven't no had chance to screen it. And Paramount were being really slow about sending the screeners, so I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but I am really interested in it. So, uh, so we could talk a bit about that. Okay, great. And Preacher, obviously, as well. Um, I've just discovered Underground is actually on Netflix over here as well. Which uh, yes, uh, it's it's on Netflix now, which I hadn't realised, but I discovered that about ten minutes ago. So, so I'll go and watch uh-huh. that now as well. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, watch it and let me know what you think. I'm, I'm very, very proud of that series.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a costume yeah, designer. For a costume
3: designer, it's, it's a huge, huge undertaking because of the period, of course. And we don't, you know, we have great rental houses here, but we don't have your lovely angels. So <laughs> yeah. you're a bit on your own. Um, so it was <laughs> a lot of building and finding and making and inventing. And it was really, it was one of those shows that pushes you to your creative limit. And, yeah. you know, in a very good way, it really challenged me. Um, and that was very exciting. You like to be as an artist, you like to be really um, Isadora Duncan said the greatest thing one time. She said, I want to be thoroughly used up when I die <laughs> and create right. And creatively, that was how I felt. I mean, I, you know, I didn't die at the end of that. Thank God. But, <laughs> but um, it was, um, yeah, it was a, a very challenging very challenging television series.
0: Yeah, yeah. really interesting looking show that. And uh, mm-hmm. you've done a number of sort of historical things as well. But mm-hmm. let's start off by just getting a little bit of background. Uh, you're, you're described in your bio as a third generation industry veteran. So how did you get started?
3: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So my grandfather was a cinematographer.
0: Right. And my
3: grandmother was a Russian immigrant and she worked in there was this thing. I'm just, you know, at the same time, I'm doing a bit of research on early film costumes in early film for Ah, a project. Yeah. And I just discovered that actresses got hired because of their clothes really back in the silent era at the beginning of like they didn't have costume designers back then so if you brought in pretty things to wear you got the lead role a lot of times uh, it's crazy well my grandmother while escaping from russia had ended up working in outside of shanghai in a in a russian immigrant sort of neighborhood called harbin and she had been a couturier to the local chinese wealthy chinese so she uh, knew something about dressmaking she made all her own clothes and i have photos of her in these hand painted beautiful dresses anyway the point is of course that i come to this genetically but also that she got really great jobs and she started working with von stroheim right yeah she met my grandfather they had my mom who subsequently married my father who was a sound mixer <laughs> and so i grew up on backlots and sets and i thought that was a completely normal thing for a child uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go to the playground? No, I'm going to the back lot. Of course, I'm going to play, you know, on the Paramount back lot this Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, so I come to it round about. I had originally wanted to be a veterinarian and decided against that. And I took a long time in school studying a lot of different things. I ended up with a degree in art history and painting And then came back to Los Angeles for a gap year and got a part-time job working in film. And I was like, why am I fighting this? I know this. I know these people. I understand how this all works. I understand how it flows and what's required of me and what is required to get things in front of the camera. So I'm just going to do that. So here I am. (laughs) That's the short version.
0: (laughs) So. Uh, let's get into a bit more about some of the shows. Uh, okay. So, Waco, this is obviously a uh, historical drama uh, mm-hmm. set, set in the 90s, which I, I know technically are period dramas, but you never think of period dramas set
1: in the no, 90s.
3: No, no, Well, it's very funny because my very, very young assistants think of it as a period drama <laughs> because they were like barely born or not born at all, and you're like, no, that's not period. That stuff's still in my closet, and they're looking at <laughs> you. You know, the way that when you make a funny sound, the dog kind of turns its head and cocks one ear at you. Like, are you crazy? You're like, Okay, so it was 25 years ago. Okay, I'm just going to shut up and go sit in my corner. Yeah. Um, so it is a period movie. And when I went to the rental houses to see what they had here, they didn't think it was a period movie yet either. And I yeah. got the same response that I had given out. So we ended up shopping a huge amount of that show at thrift stores. In we shot in... Um, Uh, New Mexico and in um, Santa Fe. And so I was in Santa Fe and Albuquerque, you know, on almost a daily basis, cleaning them out of you know, everything that was really like eighties, late seventies, eighties, and some early nineties for the Washington folks. But, but Mount Carmel where David Koresh, you know, had his group of people, has followers. I really backdated them to mid, a mid to mid late eighties because I felt that they would be very un you know, they would not be fat. They would not be following fashion. They would wear Some people that were in the compound who came from London or Hawaii or, or Australia, some of them were very fashionable and were very on point, Mm
1: -hmm. but
3: mostly their, their religious beliefs were far more important than looking fashionable. So they were, so I backdated almost everybody. And I have this photograph of a receipt that must have been ten feet long, so like three and a half <laughs> meters, right? Long um, from the thrift shop, you know, and the and the cashier, you know, the nice young lady behind the cashier uh, just beaming because it was the biggest sale she'd ever made (laughs) and i sent the i sent the the photograph to a bunch of my producer friends i'm like look here i am saving this production money and they're all sending back like the big thumbs up like that's amazing
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh dear yeah i yeah yeah, i bet there was a lot of thrift shots around there that were very very happy you were in town
3: very very happy indeed indeed it was very funny yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, so, I mean, when you're working on something like that, how historically accurate are you trying to be? Because we, I, I interviewed Eric Carlson, who was the production designer on uh, Manhunt Unibomber. And okay. uh, he, he was sort of saying when they were doing a lot of the production stuff and they were doing the shed and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. they were having to be so meticulous on like labels yeah. on jars and stuff because... Yeah. Just because they knew there were going to be some history nerds out there going, yeah, that label's wrong, you know, that's not correct.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is it the same sort of thing with the costume design as well?
3: Yes, and I think, you know, much like the Unabomber picture, it's not only... Do you have history nerds who are doing the research? And there is so much research out there when you really dive into it. Most of everything about what happened at Waco is documented. Mm. So, you know, I wanted to get everything really right. Um, I recreated not only Koresh and his wives and his children, but also the other people at the compound. I tried to cast an extra and give specific wardrobe or costumes to to even the extras, you know, I, I made sure that they were, and the, the first AD was very gracious about letting me help cast people who looked like people who had been there. So we tried to right. double everybody and it's very, the, the historical accuracy is, is very important for two reasons. One, of course, that it is a historical piece and you do want to get it right. But two is that the nature of the subject matter is so serious and so Specific, and so you want to help create the perfect emotional tone, as it were. Right. Yeah. So you want to. You're walking a tightrope. You you're specifically not making it fashionable, but not making it too unfashionable not putting in crazy loud prints unless they're specifically for a character who did that. And even then you you mute it down just a little bit because there's something that I like to refer to as a covenant with the audience, which is that You put clothes on people for specific reasons. You want a specific reaction. You want to signal specific information to the viewer Mm. and you want to do this. You know, if it's, if it's like underground was a show, of course it was a show about a very specific message first, And the fact that these people's stories had never really been told like this before. Um, But it was also a show about costumes and sets and look how different, you know, quote, look how different their world was than ours. And, you know. What do they do with? But this show for Waco, specifically, the clothes had to be very un, not <laughs> no pun intended, but the clothes had to be very underground. They had to <laughs> signal specific things. Uh, you know, these people are out of date. They don't care what they wear. you know, everything's clean and it's very um ca- like men weren't allowed to wear shorts, women weren't allowed to wear shirts with sleeves above the elbow, you know, so that there wasn't the flirtation was frowned upon. They were there to study the seven seals. And yeah, so you had to signal all of that, but in a way that didn't actually distract the viewer into looking at the clothing. Right. Yeah. So it's a kind of historical accuracy with a, an additional few layers to it, if you will. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting because it's one of those things that you you don't want people to be staring at the costumes, sort of going, "What what exactly. are they wearing?" You need it exactly. to blend, but you also need it to stand out in
1: some ways as well.
3: Well, you need to differentiate the characters. Yeah. So yeah. You- There was a group of people who moved there to live with him, and they were from London. A couple of big families moved there from London. And then you had people who'd grown up in West, like his two wives, uh, Michelle and Rachel, two of his wives, I should say, um, grew up on that Branch Davidian compound, which is a form of Seventh-day Adventism. Mm. They grew up there because that, that compound had been there since the twenties. Wow. Then you have people from Hawaii who were, you know, who came with that kind of beachy sort of fashionable air about them. Yeah. Um, so everybody had their, the point is that everybody and David Koresh, who's a whole other conversation about clothing, um, <laughs> Everybody has their own personality and that needs to shine. And you need to understand that it isn't a, you know, people have been referring to this as a cult and I was referring to it as a cult too. And then I had a wonderful conversation with David Thibodeau, who was one of the few survivors from yeah. one of the books this is based on. Yeah, And he yeah. said, you know, a cult is, you can look at it as two ways. It's either... Yes, it's a cult because Jesus wasn't accepted when he had his disciples. So Mm. you could say he was a cult or you have to say that neither one was a cult because everybody was free to come and go and free to follow him as they chose and free to question him. You know, people came and came, stayed for a few weeks, went back to their families, came again, you know, so it was, it was a very fluid group of people who wanted to be there, Yeah, which was all fascinating for me. I'm not a person in any sense of the, I mean, I'm spiritual and I'll go out and hug a tree any day of the week. Oh, she can tell she's from Laurel Canyon. Um, you know, any kind of organized religion has never had any pull for me. Yeah. So this was, all it was a fascinating dive into, you know, how does this, how does this appeal to people? What makes people join and want to join and want to follow? Mm. Um, so I think I just went completely off track of your question
0: <laughs> no no th- that's actually quite interesting because I I hadn't actually realized that it was that sort of th- f- free flow of people you know I yeah. I mean I'm I was 18 at the time when it happened so I mean I, okay. I do have some memory of it uh, uh-huh. but but you know I I hadn't quite realized it was it was that sort of free flow flow of, of people coming and going, which mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you just know it's a cult, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. And now and that was very fascinating for me. This this whole show, I have to say, has been quite a journey for me. I was actually already in my professional life and I was working on a show out of the country when Waco happened. Yeah. And so the press I got was so I was in a culture that English was not their first language. So I was getting my news from some television and From the Herald Tribune, which used to be the great foreign—you know, when you were in a foreign land, you put the Herald Tribune to to get your news—and it was so condensed, and the press had been so heavily sat upon by the government, you Mm -hmm. know, to 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 tell only a very condensed version of only one side, which was the government side, of course. Yeah. So when my agent called me, he's got he's miraculous at finding brilliant projects that always challenge me, and he sent me this script, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. It was like, really, really Waco? Why, why would I want to do this? And he's, (laughs) he's always so patient. He's like, Karen, will you just read it please? And I'm like, but Waco, really that guy, you know, is it raping babies? And, he like, said, Karen, just read it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I read it and I did like, I don't know, maybe a half hour's worth of research. And I called him back and I said, I have to do this. I absolutely. It was stunning because once you actually got into the Branch Davidian side, what hadn't been presented by the press and hadn't been told, and you had to dive really deep into the internet to find any kind of firsthand account. Because so few people survived and because there are so many, you know, with anything like this, the conspiracy theorists come out and people with some very let's I'm, I'm using air quotes here interesting ideas, you know, come out (laughs) of the woodwork and you're like, "Mm okay, so what part of this? And then I found the autopsy reports and started reading how, you know, what the cause of death was. Mm. And that's when a bell went off and I went, okay, so, you know, a lot of what's, a lot of what's being talked about on the alternative side here has some bearing on the truth. And that's
0: when I was hooked.
3: So
0: yeah, I really want to see this show now. (laughs)
3: It's it's really. And I have to say, I mean, the Dowdles are the great screenwriters and every script was so dense and you burst into tears. At least, you know, every script we'd get, you could hear people sobbing all over the building (laughs) as they got to certain points. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no, it's another sad one. Um, So they're great writers and they're great directors. I mean, officially, John, of course, is the director, but Drew was there so much on set, uh, the Mm. producer. And they're so very supportive of everyone on set, which makes a very safe space to make your art, whether you're a costume designer, a production designer, or an actor. So you really see the actors really giving it Everything they have, and Taylor worked so hard to inhabit David Koresh. If you have a chance before you watch the series, there's some footage of the actual David Koresh online. I think it's on YouTube, and he is having Bible study and explaining one of the seals, and somebody caught him on video. And his, you know, the, the his followers are sitting in this room that they built for him to speak in. And it's got these raised tears. You're almost expecting, you know, like a junior basketball game or something. When you walk in, it's got <laughs> this kind of bleacher, you know, this kind of bleacher style arrangement. And then when you get to that place in the series, when Taylor so completely inhabits David, and he's speaking to his followers who are Courtesy of yours truly, dressed to look exactly like the people in the video. Yeah. It was really a moment. I mean, everybody was kind of taken aback and speechless. I mean, he did such an amazing job. And then you have, you know, on the opposite side of that, you have Michael Shannon, who's such a powerful actor. Yeah. And- inhabited Gary Nesner so completely. Uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we had two technical advisors. The The series is based on two books, uh, right. Surviving Waco by David Thibodeau, is one of the few survivors. And mm. then Gary Nesner wrote a book about the FBI negotiating experience and a large part of it's dedicated to Waco. Okay. Both of both those men were on the set as our technical advisors.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, but that's had, gonna
3: help. It, it was a huge help because you could sidle up to one or the other and go, "Like, did I get that right? You know, did I? <laughs> do you remember you were there? Do you do you remember it looking kind of like this? You know, and you know, I, I want to make sure that my research is right." And they were both very, very helpful. Mm. Um, but they had never actually met really before wow. this project, right? So that was crazy.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
3: Yeah, but ended up getting on very nicely.
0: Oh, good, good. I'm yeah. glad to hear that.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I. It sounds like an amazing project. Uh, hopefully, somebody will pick it up over here, and and uh, the British public will get to see it. And uh, yeah. I, we we need to talk a little bit about preacher as well. Oh, yeah. We do. Um, because I, I adore that show. It's it's one of the most bonkers shows that I've seen in a very long time. Obviously, <laughs> obviously based off a comic book. Um, and there's some great comic book adaptations, but this is is up there with being one of the Stranger ones. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. So where do you start with a project like that? Did you go to the comic book? Did you look at that for some inspiration?
3: I had been... Absolutely obsessed with that comic book for years. Really? And and yeah, I found it. I was on a movie in Ann Arbor, Michigan, of all things. And they had this one of those fabulous, you know, how you you wander into a college town or someplace where you're not really expecting it. And they have something fabulous that you're like, this is my favorite one of this kind of thing in the whole world. And they had this great, I think it was called Vault of Horror, but I could be wrong. It's been a while. Anyway, I went in and I was like, yeah, so I'm looking for, you know, these are the kind of graphic novels and they're already, they're looking at me because, you know, I'm a middle-aged costume designer and I obviously am, I look, you know, like I'm not really from around here, but I'm, you know, a woman who's not in her teens and like, am I doing there? And I'm like, you know, I'm into graphic novels. And I'm Like, go, cool. okay, I gotcha. And he's like, well, have you read Preacher? And I'm like, no, but I'll take a look at it. And he's like, great. And he puts a volume in my hand and I sit down, I read 10 pages and I am over the top obsessed. <laughs> and I start and I buy all 10 volumes and I read them and then I reread them. And then I start telling everybody, all my producer friends, everyone I can think of, you've got to do this. It's, it's amazing. You have to option this. And they're kind of like, mm, OK, yeah, sure. She's crazy. You know, that's why we love our costume designers. So that was a little nuts. All right. Thank you. And then it finally did get option, And I'm sending flowers to people I don't know. I'm so, proud. I'm so happy. Congratulations. By the way, I'm a costume designer. You know, when it gets to production, if you'd be interested in talking to me, I'd be over the moon, you know, and, and it goes on and on and on. And then uh, I was having a dinner party one night and a friend of mine said, oh, you know, I looked at this pilot today. It was really interesting. And I said, oh, you know, what's it called? And he goes, Preacher. The <laughs> <laughs> so bless his heart. He so kindly put my name in the hat. Yeah. And I went into my interview and I said, you know, I've been obsessed with this graphic novel for 10 years now. And they're like, yeah, we kind of heard about that. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. What do we got here? I said, so I'm just going to talk too fast, too loud, too long. So when you're tired of listening to me, just tell me to shut up because I'm obsessed. Uh, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they took pity on me and they hired me. Um, and I was just sort of happily ever after. It was, it was an amazing, just an amazing experience. I, I loved creating the costumes for that so much. They're, they're so, you know, again, it's West Texas right yeah. so now i've done friday night lights i've done preacher and i've done waco and they're all set in west texas but e- within each one the context is so completely different so the clothes are different
0: yeah, yeah. particularly i mean preacher is is kind of Yes, it's West Texas, but it's it's very much a sort of fantasy West Texas, I guess. So. Yeah.
3: yeah, very much so. Everything was very, just a tiny bit ironic. If, mm. you know, if the lady might have worn a flowered shirt, now she really wore a really flowered shirt. I mean, that was the kind of the opposite of Waco because you could really go that extra 20% and really pop a costume. Yeah. You know, like negas things like you, you can't get those clothes in West Texas. Well, you know, maybe she bought them when she was on vacation in Atlanta. I don't know. You know, <laughs> let's just pop it. And then and then the, the vampire, I had so much fun. The The premise of that was that he came and he, he needed clothes. He yeah. needs to come. every inch of his body or he'll burst into flames. So where is he going to get clothes? Because he can't leave the church except at night. Yeah. So the premise was that that in this closet, there's a for the poor box and he's (laughs) dressing up this for the poor box. And so it's everybody's cast off. So he's sometimes he's wearing women's clothes that are too tight or men's clothes that are too baggy and various combinations. And we had Endless fun. That actor's amazing. We had endless fun. We just laughed. Like a fitting with him was never just a fitting. It was he'd tell you, he's also um, he's a traveler. He's from a traveler family, a traveler background. Right. So he would tell me, he'd be like, he'd come in and I'd and I'd look at his face and I'd be like, Oh, who's in jail this week? And he'd tell <laughs> crazy stories about his family. Oh, this one picked a fight at a bar and he knocked out somebody's front teeth. This one was a champion boxer. You know, I'm not telling any tales out of school here because he, he tells everybody these stories and you're like, okay. And you, and you sit down on the couch and you know, you feed him a cup of tea and some biscuits. And, uh um, and then he's like well you know let's try on those pants they look really cool and gradually you work into the fitting and they were always just hilarious these fittings just went they were so much fun because they, i mean all of them are so they're so great It was such a great show to work on
0: yeah i guess that was i was gonna say what was the most interesting costume to work on for that but i'm guessing it was him probably
3: well it was him it was ruth but then there are so many crazy like i remember in the last episode we had a fisherman right who yeah. was in a yeah. boat i mean in that was how much is too much? How much is not enough? What, Which goggles? Which fisherman's hat? So there was always something fun on yeah. the horizon. And the, the showrunner was so gracious and amazing. And, you know, he might have had something in his mind and I would have something else. And he'd look at it and go like, oh, okay, sure. Let's do it like that. Um, <laughs> you know, and another super talented writer. So I think that's always the thing that makes me so exciting. So excited is is great writing.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, and this there's, there's just... Such an amazing set of costumes. You also got um Graham McTavish's character in that as well. The uh yes. the, oh, the yes. cowboy Saint of Killers.
3: Saint of Killers, yes. So you got wow. to do a
0: cowboy costume as well, which is supposed to be fun.
3: Yes, and that whole town.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's such an amazing show and uh, I'm so looking forward to it coming back again. It's uh it it's brilliant. It's really good fun. Thank you. I will try wrap up with uh, a few last questions. So the first one is what TV shows are you watching at the moment?
1: Uh,
3: Stranger Things. Yes. The Crown. You know, I just got out of Oscar season. So I watched over a hundred movies so that I could vote. <laughs> yeah. So I have been watching a lot of TV, but people are recommending things. So, I, you know, give me a month and I'll probably have much better answers for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, But those two are are something that I'm amazed by. Um, there's a lot of really good television out there and I wish I had a better answer for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, the one, those, are, those are a couple of decent shows. It's amazing yeah. how much how much when you're talking to people in the industry, Netflix shows come up. I think it's yes. it's because you can watch them anywhere. So
3: <laughs> Yeah. Another um, there was another show that I was oh man in the high castle.
0: Oh yes, yes. That's a I great thought, show.
3: Had a fascinating premise.
0: Yeah, fascinating premise so last question for you if okay. you had, if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show past present or future what show would oh, it oh be my God.
3: somebody asked me this the other day and i don't know because <laughs> there's so so much great television out there yeah this is really going back but there was a show in the 60s where a guy arrives in an egg in the future does that ring a bell to you?
0: I I couldn't tell you which show it was. I...
3: Exactly. But I remember being transfixed by that idea and being transfixed by, you know, what he looked like as opposed to, I mean, even then I was very young and it was a rerun, but I remember being transfixed by his clothes versus this sort of futuristic idea. I mean, it was probably made in the 60s, I want to say, or maybe the late 50s. That's an amazing show. Um... I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. I, I don't know how to answer that question, but there's so much great television out there and I wouldn't even know where to start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's, it's great to be in a time when there's so much good TV about. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I shall let you get back to your date. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, you too. You too. We'll have to
3: do this again one day.
0: Yes, we we will. Next time you've got um, a new show coming up, come back on because we could, we could talk again. It's been great.
3: <laughs> okay, terrific. All right. Great. Uh, lovely so to speak nice to day. you. Yeah, you too. Speak to you, you soon. Care. Cheers. Bye.
0: Yep, bye. So that was the interview with costume designer Karen Wagner. As I said before, uh, Waco is not currently available in the UK as far as I can tell. Preacher, you can catch the third season of that, which is currently going out on Amazon Prime. And Underground, which we briefly mentioned on there, you can find on Netflix, which is another show well worth going to watch. So um, that's that for the interview. Next up, we have some highlights for next week on TV so highlights for next week on tv we have unreal the wonderful wonderful brilliant series this uh season four of that is coming to amazon prime on the 17th of july uh this is the show which is about the going ons behind the scenes of an american dating series one of those bachelor type things
2: oh okay
0: (laughs) um it's Uh, but it's it's a drama based behind the scenes it's a comedy Mm -hmm. drama based behind the scenes of american dating show which i know doesn't sound like the sort of show you'd normally watch honestly one of the best tv shows i've seen in recent years it's so wonderfully done it's actually the second time we've had this this year because they shot season three and four very close together so Mm -hmm. uh, season three was out earlier in the year season four is coming out now so we've actually had it twice this year but it's utterly brilliant and i would urge anybody to go and watch it i think it's fabulous.
2: Apparently a lot of people like uh, Love Island, so...
0: (laughs) Yes, that is true. I remember checking
2: Twitter on one of the days it was on and it had like 15,000 tweets or something. And Uh. it was like for the whole week it was on or something. It had a lot of conversation around it. There's
0: (laughs) there's too much decent drama to be watching rubbish like Love Island. Yes, Um, Suits season eight. So that is the next season of Suits. Comes to Netflix on the 19th of July. This will be the first season with uh, out Meghan Markle and Mike in it. So uh, I'm... Yeah, very much looking forward to seeing how this plays out and... The early reports of it seem to be saying that you don't really miss them too much, which is good, but I am looking forward to seeing how that runs. I watched a uh,
2: season one trailer a couple of months ago because I hadn't started yet, but you, you kept talking about yeah. it and I got interested. I haven't started the show yet, but I, I might try to at some point. It looks looks as kind of fun. It is. In-
0: one, a wonderful, fun show, that. It's one of those things, though, which we were sort of talking about episode leads earlier. It's one of those things that there's like 20-odd episodes or 16-odd episodes. Episodes of season and you do kind of think, oh God, there's seven of these I'm going to get through now <laughs> <laughs> when just started. Definitely worth going to watch though. Uh, NCIS New Orleans season four coming to Fox on the 20th of July at 9pm. This is the New Orleans spin-off of the NCIS show. Uh, we are well aware that season three part two hasn't aired in the UK yet. We've been told by Channel 5 that they're airing season three part two in the autumn Whether that actually materialises or not is anybody's guess because they've said things like this before and then not aired aired stuff – but got them uh, yeah <laughs> but that is what they were telling me uh, to the point of they actually asked me to alter a story on the site so it, it put that in so oh wow well. I can yeah. only assume that they are telling the truth and it will turn up well will
2: not that be weird if yes it, w- uh, yes, it if will if be if Fox are putting out season 4 now but Channel 5 aren't putting out the second half of the previous season until later in the year it's
0: kind of a douchey thing of, of Channel weird. 5 it's kind of a douchey thing of Channel 5 to do because basically they... <laughs> They could have put it out earlier. I'm sure they could have taken some repeats off and put it out earlier. Oh, they have space. (laughs) Yeah, but by doing that, all they're doing is helping (laughs) season four on Fox. And why would they want to do that? Whereas, if they hold it and air it to the autumn, there are probably going to be some people that will just tape it off Fox and keep it stored on their set top box until season three comes out.
2: Right, right. Save so so it 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 screws up.
0: So it screws it up for, for Fox who have now taken it from them i'm not saying that is what they're doing but that does appear to be what they're doing but we'll see so uh lucky man season three of that coming to sky one on the 20th of july at 9 p.m which uh i i love that series it's really good fun
2: again one that i've heard a lot of good things about but i just not started so Uh, it could be good i just don't know yet so
0: (laughs) yes well worth going to watch and that isn't very long because it's only like six episodes Mm. or something a season so worth going to watch but uh 20th of july on sky one at 9pm for lucky man and uh stitches which is a i heard
2: they got cancelled after season three
0: that's what oh, I read okay. in the comment
2: section somewhere because it. I saw a sponsored advert from Sci-Fi to say "brand new Stitches" and somebody said "brand new." This aired like in yeah. 2015 and it got cancelled after three seasons. So yeah, no, it's not exactly brand new. No, <laughs> it's really...
0: it's one of those things that Sci-Fi have bought to shove on over the summer. Uh, so we uh, Stitches, season one of that, and uh, they are basically running them pretty much back to back. So okay. season, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is three seasons and they're running sort of season one two and three pretty much back to back uh season one starts 23rd of july at 8 p.m it follows a uh, caltech student who is stitched into the memories of the recently deceased people to help solve their crimes that's the idea Mm -hmm. season two is coming on the 7th of august as well and then season three comes sort of later in august so they are pretty much running just back to back for those episodes but uh, yeah, it could be it, interesting to watch
2: yeah I saw somebody write like this is all carbon meets iZombie and they said don't yeah. watch stitches just watch iZombie or all to carbon yeah. it like yeah apparently the, the, it didn't work out very well but they said because iZombie and uh, all carbon were good to so just watch those two Stop yes thing.
0: yeah it does sound incredibly similar in those sort of things so um that's all the news for this week unless you've got anything else you want to put in
2: no we're getting somewhat closer to the uh autumn and stuff where uh oranges yeah. Yes. Black comes out soon but of course I'll start soon and things yes. like that so You're um, getting very close yeah. to and the to good place hopefully comes back soon I think it's the 27th in the US it comes back
0: yeah so we should get uh, it on the 28th
2: yeah patiently waiting for that to come back as well yes
0: yes if you want to get hold of matt you can find him over on entertainmenttalk.org. if you want to find us you can go to uh, geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest day at 18 if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's everything I think we shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye.